Welcome to Just Life, where we share our life experiences and lessons to make your life easier. We are on a mission to become the best versions of ourselves, and if you're trying to do the same, you're in the right place. Let's talk about life. Welcome to Just Life, the podcast where we talk about just life, and today Cicely's brought a very special guest. It's going to be biased, but this is my favorite guest because Ben is on the podcast, my boyfriend. So Ben, say hello to everyone. Hey everyone, this is Ben Mahalich over here. Uh, today is a very fun topic. We are going to talk about relationships. And God, I mean, I talk about stuff like this on a regular anyway and have my fun with it, but it'll be good to put it out there and see what people think about what we have to say about this. And just a quick little disclaimer, me and Ben are not relationship experts. Lou might be, but me oh and Ben, we've our credibility is we've been together for six years, and I've been pretty happy. So, Of course, same here. I mean, <laughs> we've been through the ringer a time or two, but uh, yeah, we're not married. So disclaimer that this is just kind of our experience together as, as a couple. Yeah, and we'll just give some advice that works for us and hopefully help somebody out there. Well, I say y'all are more experts than me. I mean, I've never been in a relationship that long. I don't know too many people who've been in a relationship that long. To make it work, you got to be some kind of expert, you know? Yeah, or no. Or it's just luck. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're just going to give some relationship advice, talk about modern dating, and so let's just get into it. Ben, the first question is, how did you get the perfect girlfriend? Wow, that sounds like a pretty biased question, yeah. but uh, uh, she is perfect. You are beautiful, Cicely, oh. and and I'm a Christian guy, too, so I think that God can place certain people in your life at uh, unexpected moments or whenever you need that. I always live by everything happens for a reason. So I met Ben when I was just turned 14. It was actually my 14th birthday. Ben was the best birthday present I've ever received. And ever since then, we just clicked and we started dating once I got to high school because we actually started talking when he was in high school and I was in middle school, which is pretty taboo in a small community where everybody knows everybody. Disclaimer, the age difference wasn't that big. It was only no. like, it was only, what, two years? Two years and one month. So nothing crazy. You know? No. Just got to put that in there because people think middle school and high school <laughs> and think, like sixth grade and twelfth grade or something crazy yeah. like that. No, no, we're normal. Like. Cicely was in eighth grade, and Ben, you were in tenth grade, right? When you guys like met? Yeah, we met when I was a sophomore, and she would have been still in middle school at the time. So she was in eighth grade, I was in tenth grade, and then we started actually talking more and dating when she came in as a freshman, and I was a junior at the time. So we did have that one year of that class difference between us, which that's really not a big gap in my opinion. I think back in the day in some of the older generations, that gap was actually a lot larger. My parents are, the gap between them uh, is a few more years than Cicely and I. Yeah, the gap, age gaps are a lot less common now, I think, than they used to be because before, it's like, if you were 18 and somebody was like 25, they would try to like scoop you up. Like, it was a very normal thing that happened. Now, things are a little different. You, people tend to date within like a year or two anyway really two years is really nothing like i know every, all of his friends and it's it's like we're all the same age group the same generation too yeah. so there's not really much of a difference you know age really like a year yeah. or two that's it but that definitely was like the biggest like struggle i feel like we went through was beginning when we were dating was that little age gap because like i said he was in high school i was in middle school it was taboo and uh 
that's why we probably didn't start dating until I got to high school. Well, I tell you, y'all look, y'all found each other when y'all found each other. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, and dating like now is terrible. Like, I'll just say this: not trying to jinx y'all relationship or anything. If y'all ever get single again, just stay single. Okay, look, it's not fun to be a single person out here. I'll just tell you that. It's a lot of games, a lot of jump through hoops, and it sounds like y'all kind of found each other at a perfect point where it's like you could be together long term and figure things out in a very amicable and good way for both of you. I'm very grateful to have somebody and meet them so young because we have like so much history and we're, we're each other's best friends, and I think that's really important in a relationship. I, I cannot imagine what I would do if I was single right now. I don't know. I don't know what to do when I'm single right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy out here. It's, I mean, there's plenty of opportunity out here, but that doesn't mean it's good opportunity. You know, it's it's a jungle, mm-hmm. especially because you know when you're in college, nobody really cares about being in a relationship. We're not like 2021. 20, Everybody just kind of messing around, and that can be pretty frustrating because most people that I've met anyway want relationships. They don't want to just like be like somebody's fling or something like that. Everybody wants to be with somebody. And I th- yeah, I think even if they don't admit it, I think everybody wants to be in a relationship. Everybody wants, like, their best friend or a very intimate partner in general. A companion. Yeah. And it's hard to – you can't get that just through friendship. It's not the same thing. No. Um, ben, what would be your biggest relationship advice? My biggest advice would be simply sticking with it through thick and thin. As cliche as something like that might sound, I do believe that that holds true. I do believe there are certain circumstances where you just can't put up with something, but it's a two-way street. You're both going to put 100% into a relationship, and that needs to happen for a relationship to be successful. And there are times where you could go through rough patches, and you could be going on to new chapters where the person you had once met, like Cicely, uh, I met her as a soccer player, and she still is. And, you know, it depends on whether she continues to want to keep playing or not. But then you also find a new identity. And as you move into those new roles, I graduated back not long ago, just a little over a year ago in December 21. And I started a new chapter of my life, and I was no longer uh, a student or a young kid. I became a quote-unquote adult. I had to start working, and it's uh, been an adjustment, but uh, back to relationships, you could be ahead of your partner. You know, you could be in a rut at times, and it's it just happens. That's life, mm-hmm. and you gotta, you, you have to have a sense of humility, step back, and realize that you, your partner could be a little bit ahead of you, and as far as uh, stuff just going on in general in life, and it co- and it comes in waves, and then you might catch up and surpass that. But at the end of the day, you think you need to step back and realize, or ask yourself uh, when you go through those tough moments, um, rather than just walking away. Do I do I love this person? Uh, is this and it and it turns into a deeper love when you ask yourself those kinds of questions and. Mm-hmm. For Cicely and myself that have been dating for over six years now, everything has its own appetite. And, of course, everyone's relationship is different. But I I think that people also need to realize, and I do want to say that 
uh, again, that there are different levels of this, but when that honeymoon or that butterflies phase, if it does go away, I think that that is normal um, to have that. And actually, I think that once or if that goes away, that love between the two companions can turn into something a lot deeper. It can be something as simple as, like, for me and Cicely now, if she's out on a girl's night or something like that, and uh, she's maybe sleeping the night over, I miss her. I, I like sleeping with my partner um, next to her. Even though the activity itself is I'm unconscious, I'm asleep, but it's just having that deeper love and companionship. But And that does require a lot of work going back to what I started off with of sticking through with it through thick and thin because um, if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, I, uh, either way, life's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And it's you gotta use common sense, you, you learn def- how to maneuver through those types of things. You definitely pick your own battles. Like any choice you pick is hard. Um, Lou, what has been your longest relationship? Uh, like like a year and some change. Okay, like that. Nothing so, crazy. So I think after a year, the honeymoon phase that Ben was talking about it starts to wear off. Mm-hmm. So, um, what advice would you give out to people who are kind of making that transition? Uh, don't freak out so much that the honeymoon phase is ending like it's supposed to end. Mm-hmm. All that stuff fades. That's I mean that's what people call infatuation, lust, etc. Mm-hmm. Love is love is this thing that's like an action that's very much just something you have to put effort into. And if you find somebody you really love and care about, when the lust fades, it shouldn't matter. You should still be willing to put in the effort. And there's a certain duty to that. You know, one thing that's very important about relationships in general is putting in effort you wouldn't usually put in for somebody because you feel a certain way about them and you want the best for them. You want to see them succeed. It's one thing to want a friend to succeed and to want them to do good, but I'm not going to, you don't go out of your way for a friend the way you go out of your way for a partner, you know? Like, there are people who live with people and in relationships and, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to make this person's coffee every morning and I'm going to show them I care about them or oh, they're working and I think they're hungry, I'm going to make them food and go give it to them. Small gestures, that's what really matters. Or even if you don't live with somebody, it's like, okay, I'm going to buy my girl flowers today just because I want to. Like, those things matter a lot, and those things keep relationships alive. The people who are miserable in relationships are typically the people who don't put in that kind of effort. And if they do put in that kind of effort, they don't get it back. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to find that balance. If somebody's not giving you that same energy, you can't. I feel like you can't stay with somebody like that, or you need to have a conversation. If they don't match up to that, then that's a relationship you have to get rid of. I think a lot of it just goes with effort. Like, you have to keep putting in what you want out of a relationship. Um, Back to the start of a relationship, Ben, what would you tell people who are single right now and trying to enter a relationship? It's probably going to be hard. It it is hard work, Um, and I've, I've heard from from other people and I was very blessed to find my somebody that I've spent the last six years with so young so I certainly can't speak to the trial and error of trying to find a companion but as much but what one thing I do know is that in the past six years it's been a lot of hard work and it's also going to be hard work I'm sure to be able to find that companion and Um, You definitely, one thing want to think about is sacrifices to to one another. And when I'm 
talking about these things, I, I mean being a little bit less selfless, being being willing to change, and I'm kind of excluding those crazy variables of, of certain things that you can't put up with, like drug use, for example, or physical abuse. Um, but beyond that, you should be able to, to step back and suppress or I'm sorry supplement one one another look try to look for somebody and if you're a pretty good good gauge of of who someone is and, and you get this through you know I think those initial couple of months that you might be talking to someone in the beginning I think you can find out pretty early on whether or not somebody is going to supplement your life or they're going to suppress your life mm-hmm. and that would probably be my advice for those starting out trying to find uh, a possible someone to move further into that type of love and relationship life. And Lou, you mentioned earlier in the year on our uh, goals podcast, your goal is to get a girlfriend. Uh, Would you agree with that advice? Do you think that you can tell kind of by the first few months of talking if that person's going to be good for you first few months i can tell for based off the first conversation usually <laughs> just whether i choose to entertain it or not like by what somebody says to you when they first meet you what do they always say when you first start talking to somebody you know you don't meet them you meet the representative and if they representative is trash then they just go be trash too you know what i'm saying like if somebody's like bringing their best and they still aren't really matching up what you want that's the first thing like get out of there you know like of course some people can be just be nervous or not having a good time, but I think that's different than just being a pretty bad person, like off the rip. Sometimes nervousness just comes out as like quiet, or you know, you just like stutter. It, it's awkward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like just being people who are very, um, how do I say? I don't want to say mean. It's not the word. Um, I guess rude is the right word. People who are very rude when you first meet them. That's like biggest red flag usually or people who can just be like very inflammatory and not in like a good way like inflammatory can be good if it's like funny or it's like insightful or something but if they're just inflammatory to be inflammatory like nah I'm cool like it's okay even in those situations it's like whether you choose to entertain or not that's up to you but yeah typically first few conversations you can tell already what somebody wants it's just you have to be perceptive in that I know girls fall for this a lot, like the guy who just wants like sex and then like keeps leading around. I'm like, well, the way he approached you, you probably should have knew he just wanted that. You can definitely tell. It's not really hard to see through it. And the guys who can fake it, those are some crazy guys anyway, man. Another thing that I think makes it hard in dating today is I think everyone has these unrealistic expectations. And there's a lot of variables to play into this, but social media plays into this um just like everyone's standards i guess yeah i would agree to some extent it's it's a little crazy out here i'll say uh you sometimes you catch a short end of the stick especially with social media since really the only thing people see is what you post and what you post isn't always a good representation of you i think uh going to social media is even just the shows you watch of those it could be those married couples that you know, they are seem to be lavishly in love still, like they never left their honeymoon phase that we were talking about earlier. I think that that is a little bit of an unrealistic expectation. Um, and, and, it, and the list goes further on and on of, of different things that are out there in the world. 
we live in now of technology that can certainly set you up for thinking that, you know, this is how it's supposed to be when, in fact, it's not quite that simple. Step back and try not to convince yourself that something's supposed to be a certain way. Sometimes you got to figure that out uh, on your own, and that's just the part of the human error and of trial and error. I think just to add on to that, like um, the unrealistic expectation almost like feeds into the amount of unhealthy relationships we see now where it's like people think that love should just be effortless. People think relationships, there shouldn't be any work put in. And we talked a lot about effort already, but that is the biggest part of it all. If you're not trying, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then those feelings you feel for somebody really don't matter because you're not treating them well enough for them to actually want to be with you anyway. And people will stay with people just because they think that love is supposed to be this thing that doesn't require some kind of effort or meaning in the things you do and say. And that you should just take somebody back even if they have abused you in certain ways. And it can be incredibly toxic to watch. Yeah, and it can be physical abuse or mental abuse. And I think another uh, thing that the media kind of portrays is all these picture-perfect relationships. It's just not realistic because people fight. like. That's normal, and I think that should be more opened up because couples that don't fight, that scares me. Well, okay, how, okay, fighting is normal, but how often should a couple fight? I don't think it should be often, but I do think that it should happen because it makes you stronger. And I never believed okay. that. I was like, oh, that's, like, that's stupid. But, like, looking back on the last six years, every time we've fought about something, even if it's like, oh, you didn't put the dishes away, like, it still, like, made us stronger. I think it comes and goes in different phases, kind of what I alluded to earlier about how your partner could be ahead of you in one realm. You know, it's a back and forth kind of a race. Not that you're racing against each other. It's just in each person part of a relationship, they do have their own identity. They are still an individual person. Now, when you become married, I do think that emotionally you become one but you're also separate. There's a lot of different proprietary things that go on in your life. Sicily, for example, is a communi communications-oriented, communications major. I went the finance route there. They both hold a lot of the same proprietary things as far as professional orientation, but we're a little bit different in some regards, but that's fine. And, you know, sometimes you, like I said, you can be in a rut, whether that means, you know, you had a bad week. And sometimes you don't even know why you had a bad week. You yeah. Know, that just happens, whether it's seasonal depression or other factors. But you, it, the a strict amount or a benchmark amount of how much fighting is good or not, I think that... It, you need to think about major fight points and what that threshold might be as opposed to the amount on an average basis. Because like I said, we're not always in average equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something, like really good advice. Like don't take out your anger on your significant other. Like you might have a really bad day, but you need to shift your attitude before you take it out on someone you love. I agree. There's definitely been times where I think 
I and you too have been a little bit snappy with each other because we did have maybe uh, maybe we struggle struggled to do something at work or at school or whatever the case is, and we we get snappy about something we normally wouldn't get snappy about, and that's something that I think. I try to work on myself because when you're getting snappy with someone, you, you are taking it out on them and it is kind of just out of spite for no reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, sometimes step back and be like, is it okay? Sometimes you just got to take a breath and relax and realize, hey, what I'm doing, this is kind of mean to do to someone that, you know, I'm in companionship with my significant other. And I think you should hold each other to a higher standard, and you should stand by each other's sides when it comes to differences. Have y'all ever almost broken up or gotten to that point where you felt like y'all shouldn't have been together? And why was that? Yes. Um, the time I recall was I was done with my first surgery, and I was just like depressed. And looking back now, I know it was because of my injury, mm-hmm. but... At the time, I just was, like, going mental on Ben. I was like, you don't love me anymore. Like, I was so insecure because I couldn't leave my house, and I'm very social, so I think that played a role. But, like, I convinced myself that, like, Ben didn't love me anymore. Do you remember this? Yes, I do sadly remember all of this. Sometimes I wish you could forget all of the bad moments. But, yeah, uh, I'll add, I think it's normal to have kind of those almost tipping points i think that that is normal but if you can make it through some of those tipping points i think that sometimes we may not even realize that we have something so much stronger and deeper and something that works so well than we even realize in a relationship um i i think another thing because uh something like that is a memorable moment um Sometimes a tipping point can almost be what I had talked about earlier when you're in a rut and, you know, you're just kind of settling into life and that honeymoon phase may be over. And then it could be one of those longer ruts, something that's like a year long or six months or one of those longer non, you know, one day, one week type things. And you might even step back and be like, Am I ha- am I unhappy being in this relationship? Don't don't call it quits unless you actually really thought it through. Because are are you thinking that you know breaking in and that your current companion is is the reason you're unhappy, or is it really deeper than that? I think that's interesting. Just because I mean that sounds like some married person would say first of all because. Y'all have been together long enough to know, like, ruts don't just, they can last a long time. You know, it's not just, like, a day or two or a week at times. Sometimes it can be six months. Sometimes it can be a year. And I only say that some married people say, because I've seen many people, like celebrities, talk about how they've had these periods in their relationships where just, like, for five years, it was very hard to be with their partner. And then once they got it at five-year phase, it was like everything was fine again. But for those five years, they like were resentful towards their partner or there was some kind of buildup. I want to say Michelle Obama actually talked about it. Like when Barack and her kids were younger, 
she resented Barack for a long time because he got to go out and be able to just be social and be a professional while she had to stay home and with the kids and deal with the kids. And for a long time, she said she had to learn to let that go because it wasn't necessarily his fault, but as a human being, that can happen. And maybe it wasn't even Barack's fault in that moment, but it's something you have to deal with your partner, you know? I think women deal with that a lot because they feel like they have to grow the baby inside them for nine months, and then after they're born, they have to take care of it while the husband is still has the six-pack he had before the baby, and he can go do his own thing, go to the bar. Um, and I think that's where a lot of marriages fail. I mean, if you look at statistics, 50% of marriages ended in divorce. Like, that is a crazy statistic to me. Yeah, and I mean, less people get married now, I think, but the fact that half of them fail in that way is interesting. That's in terrifying. Yeah, but most of them end after like five to ten years or something like that. Like, people stay together a long time. It's just, it doesn't always work out. And there are a lot of factors behind it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, infidelity, financial issues, etc. Like, those things matter a lot. Especially, the one thing I know that's big besides infidelity is financial issues. That's mm-hmm. the thing that breaks people up the most. Like, if the money isn't right or somebody's like a reckless spender, those things really drive people apart. And there's no repairing a relationship like that because then you feel like you can't even trust the other person. And I think that goes with honesty as well. Like if you're honest with your significant other, you're going to be honest about your financial spending, your financial um, like problems. Yeah, that's true. I also think a big factor with the divorce rate in general now is the fact that it's a different generation, you know, like our parents probably, uh, the whole thought process is you never leave the person you married. That's not even an option. You get through it because those were the values of the time. If you marry somebody, you stay with them and you stick through it no matter what. Where now people are more likely to be like, well, I should just go find somebody else. I should go find something else. You know, there's a difference. Like, well, the people getting married now are like, what, millennials? And then maybe older Gen Z, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so those people, it's kind of like difference. You know, we, our attention spans are so like small and we find the next shiny thing and move on so quick. We're different people in general. And of course, eventually we're going to have to settle that and get and get get used to being with people. But And yeah. everyone wants the perfect partner and going back to that unrealistic expectations. You can go see if the grass is greener on the other side, but it's not going to be. The grass ain't always greener, no. Like, one thing me and Ben have struggled with, like, Ben, he can kind of zone out and not listen to me. And if you can't tell, I'm a talker. But, I mean, he's worked on it, and he's, like, amazing now. But if you move on to another partner, they're going to have another problem. And if listening's the biggest flaw, I'm going to take that because that's nothing. I was going to mention one thing I struggle with the most is mm. I try to control everything. That's part of my um, recovering perfectionist. And I've learned that I can't change people. Like, I can't control what they do. Like, that is them. You have to appreciate them for that. And that goes with, like, friends. That goes with Ben. Like, I probably try to control you. Like, you can be honest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I said earlier, I th- um, you know, the person you choose to be with should be somebody that supplements your life and – uh, I don't think it's wise to ever be in a relationship solely on the purpose of thinking that that person is a, a project that you can fix. Yeah, and I um, think a lot of people think that way. They're like, oh, I'll change him. Yeah, 
Um, opposites might attract, but I would say more times than not, those with similar interests work. It works. Mm-hmm. Opposites do attract, but similarity works for the most part. And like I said, little proprietary differences, like having different careers. One might be a little bit cleaner than the other. One maybe hates red and one likes blue the most or whatever the case is. Like, I'm not talking about those things. I mean, it's it goes deeper than that. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Uh, Lou, have you entered a relationship where you met this person and you're like, oh, like she'd be perfect if she did that and you kind of looked at her as a project? And if so, how did that turn out? Uh, that's like every girl I've ever talked to, probably, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Uh, I don't know. I'm one of those people. Just I just have a large amount of empathy, especially for women. I just be like, you just need this one thing, and you'll be, like, perfect. Like, I could deal with you forever. But, of course, people are flawed, and I have did the whole try to build a girl up kind of thing. Like, no, nah, it, ain't, it ain't it. I'll just say that. And that stuff is exhausting. It's not fun, okay? Like, the last girlfriend I had was kind of like that, and like looking back now, I'm like I couldn't I couldn't do anything to affect the way her life was going. It was up to her. I could try, but unless she wanted help, it really didn't matter. That was up to her. And you can definitely influence someone to make different decisions, but you cannot change the person they are. Right. You can plant the seed, but you can't. You can't always sometimes water it, and even if you can water it, sometimes you can't make it grow. Uh, I mean. Once you like plant the seed, you can't always water it. Even if you can't water it, you can't make it grow. And if it grows, somebody can choose to cut it down. So a lot of people I know self-sabotage, and you cannot prevent somebody from self-sabotaging. They're going to do it whether you're there or not. So you just you either have to live with it or you have to move on and find somebody who doesn't have those tendencies, you know, because if it's one thing I've always had a problem with, always seen, I always see myself as like, this very high-level person. So I guess I put myself on a pedestal to some extent, and I want people to be there with me. So if you're doing something I don't like, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you to change it. The problem with that, though, is most people don't always live up to the expectations I put on myself. So for me, it's like, okay, I want to be a decent person. I want to be a nice person. I want to be smart. I want to treat everybody around me well, and I want to have people around me that love me. But for some people, that bar is way lower. It's just like I don't need to be nice or good to people. I just need to have people there, and I just need to have people that I can use. That is some people, and you can't do anything about that. Or some people have low self-esteem, and it's like, I'm only going to be friends with people who use me because I need people and I'm lonely. And for those people, it's like, you can't do anything to bring them to your level. They have to find their own reasons to get to your level. Otherwise, it's like, it's probably not going to work out anyway in in that sense because they don't have the same expectations you have for yourself. Yeah, that's definitely a big issue in dating today. Um, What would... What would you say the hardest thing with modern dating is? Uh, the hardest thing? It's starting, you know? Like, especially as a guy. The the advice I always hear is, oh, just wait for it. It's going to happen. Like, mm. it's going to happen when you least expect it. And I always roll my eyes to that advice. Mm. I'm like, I'm a guy. Do you think it's just going to happen to me when I least expect it? And I'm not like a super attractive 10 out of 10 guy either. Like, girls don't just don't walk up to me and be like, hey, you're cute. Like, I don't get random DMs from girls like, oh my God, look at you. Like, you know who you know the people who DM me? Like Sicily when she needs something. Like <laughs> nobody DMs me like that. So 
always have to put the effort out there and putting the effort out there is the hardest part it's, it's a lot of things you got to do to get, be noticed by opposite sex whether it's man or woman like as a guy you can't just walk out of your house and look however and expect people to still want to talk to you that it doesn't work like that and as a girl you have to have some kind of personality to supplement the looks you have or people are just going to want to use you for sex so like that that dichotomy is very weird because Sure, people just want people to want them, but it's not that simple. Relationships just don't fall in your lap like that. It takes a lot of effort, and whenever people tell me that advice, I'm just like, yeah, right. You may have thought, like, your relationship fell into your lap. Like, Cicely, I don't think your relationship fell into your lap, like you and Ben. I do not think that. It, no. I it mean, took somebody <laughs> to reach out first for it to happen, right or wrong. So our relationship kind of started started weird because I met him at an event on my birthday and we were just friends at first and he was actually talking to another girl at the time we met and he would always text me like oh I like her so much she's so pretty and I had a little bit of a crush so I was mm. like yeah good move Ben you got it <laughs> <laughs> like it's not one of those things where I do it was love the first time I ever laid li eyes on you um it thanks took Took some trying and work, but I mean that's how I see her now. It's yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Like it's never gonna be like first time you meet somebody, you know, like this is gonna be the love of my life, and I'm gonna have 15 children with them, and we're gonna live in a mi big mansion. Like no, usually right. it's like a thing like oh they're kind of cute, like maybe I should get to know them. Yeah, and that's the effort I'm talking about. Like okay, maybe Ben was like, you know what, I need I see Cicely in a different way now. Like maybe I should talk to her in this way and. It kind of worked out because the feelings were reciprocal in some kind of way. Yeah, about a year about a year later, that's uh, how it was. I was like, well, this person's genuinely a, a good person. And sometimes it's um, – I'd like to think that I have a pretty good sense of common sense and uh, intellect. But uh, sometimes you can, you can just tell. There's nothing like, you know, following or listening to your gut you shouldn't always follow it, but I think it's important to at least hear it out. It also takes time. Ben left out that it took almost a year for us to start dating officially. We talked forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes work. And, Lou, you were talking about how it takes, you know, starting it's probably like the hardest part about modern-day dating. And, you know, I have some some close friends and family in my life that, um, you know, they they aren't currently dating their high school sweetheart like I am. And I've been able to kind of see what you're talking about. And I think some things have gotten genuinely a little bit harder um, over the course of the years. And, you know, whether it's, you know, applying and trying to find jobs and internships, but also relationships. Uh, it seems to be almost a full-time job in of itself, um, just from my visual inspection. Well, I can attest to that. It pretty much is like a full-time job. It's a lot of effort, a lot of mental gymnastics, too. Like, oh, should I text this person back fast? Or do I look desperate because I texted them back too fast? Or do I ask them to hang out? Or are they even into me? Like, I know for me, like, I was having this conversation with Cicely, like, last week, actually. I was like, you can never tell when somebody's actually flirting with you sometimes. Because sometimes when one girl's flirting is another girl just being nice. And you just don't always know the difference. Like, what is the difference? And then, 
of course somebody was like well like if they're like trying to like hang out with you or speak to you all the time like maybe they like you and i'm like well i've had that experience and then the girl was like oh i just wanted to be your friend like you really do not know what you're getting yourself into i think guys are a lot more forward with that kind of thing like you're gonna know if a guy's into you or not like off the bat because guy's gonna just express it in a certain way and it, it can be very difficult to just know like oh is this person into me or to just be nice to me or like what should i do like and all these questions just make you not want to do anything. You just want to be like, you know what? Maybe I should just stop, like, and let them make the decision. And that doesn't always work out because if you don't take action, then nothing will ever happen. So it's it's all in the air. It's very confusing. Doesn't always go well. And when you do try and put yourself out there, you lose relationships that were meaningful to you because you thought it was more than friendship, and it's not. And that can be pretty frustrating. Yeah, that can be risky because. You don't want to bring your friendship, but you have to put yourself out there and say how you feel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely a big thing. Yeah, I agree. And it's – with that part specifically, like, oh, yeah, like, you might ruin a friendship. Like, it's super tough because, you know, like, you might really care about somebody, but you probably can't bring yourself to be friends with them if you feel a certain way about them, you know. Like, it's very hard to be platonic friends with somebody that you feel romantically interested in. That – like, once you cross that line, it's never any going back. Somebody probably always feel weird about it. They might even feel weird about talking about talking to you about certain things. So probably can't be friends anymore, at least not to the same degree. Uh, this question's for you. Do you think that uh, two people that are friends uh, that are attracted to each other, that that can still work for them to be friends? Or do you think that that's hard? I think it's impossible, basically, if two people – are attracted to each other in that way like nah they're not they're never going to be like just friends like there's always going to be some some extraness to it that's more than that even if they don't want to admit it like okay if it's one side like one person really likes the other person they're not really friends in that case either because the other person has ulterior motives obviously and that's not really friendship that's not platonic completely i'm not saying like men and women can't be friends but basically a lot of women have a lot of male friends and so a lot of their male friends aren't really their friends. They just wait until their boyfriend or the person interested in mess up. Like, that's just reality, you know? I mean, I've been that guy before. I'm not going to lie. You, you be waiting in the shadows like, it's my turn yet? Like, I get a chance. And really, I think it's an immature thing to do. Like, if you really don't want to be friends with somebody or if you like them, just tell them and get it over with and let it go. And that's it. I think uh, friendships with the opposite sex, it's a big factor that they are friends with your significant other like all of my guy friends love ben like they're friends with me and ben they're not just friends with me and i think that's something to really like kind of base it off of yeah i think that's a good barometer because then it's not like some weird thing where like your boyfriend doesn't know anything about your friends and that can be pretty weird because if you don't know anything about the person they're speaking to, like, you're going to feel iffy about it regardless. I understand that completely. And it's not even just insecure. It's just, like, knowing guys. Like, yeah, that guy, he wants my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> it's no secret. He wants my spot. And that can be pretty weird and cause tension. And It's not a good thing. Yeah, and if Ben ever told me to cut off my friends, like, let's say one of them is my ex, like, I would do it no problem. And, like, that's how I feel with Ben. Like, he can be friends with tons of girls as long as I, like, know them and they're not weird and try to get with him. But I don't see a problem in having opposite-sex friendships. 
Yeah, within a, a certain respectful boundary, of course. Even if even if your significant other, like, they are just really, you know, they don't care that you're friends with their friends. And, heck, you could go grab lunch with them and stuff. But be mindful of your significant other and how you're per- portraying yourself publicly about what's respectable and what's not. Because even though that person may not find it um, anything wrong with what you're doing, um, the reality is is that some things I think are not okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to shift to, uh, I was going to talk about date naps just a little bit since I was talking about them last week and I've been using them like a little bit. And I'll just say they're the worst invention ever, actually. They are the worst thing ever. I went in a whole rant about this just because, like, using date naps is like, trying to find a needle in a haystack actually like trying to find like if you throw a rock in the ocean and you try to find it that's what it feels like like you're swiping through hundreds and thousands of girls or just people in general and it's nothing you know like and a lot of it is just so superficial it just makes you feel terrible you're swiping through and it's just like man like why why am I doing all this judging? Why are they judging me? It's not cool, okay? It's, it's the worst. If you ever use a day nap, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's nothing like meeting somebody, like, in person or from, like, a mutual friend or something. Day naps suck. But that's the way most relationships happen now, date naps and social media. But that's, like, the only options these days. It is so bad. Dating apps are just so weird to me. It's such a weird concept. Like, oh, I see this picture. I can swipe right or swipe left. Like, that's just so weird to me. Because in real life... I mean, we do that in real life to some we extent. We do, but like, it's just so weird. It ain't swiping, <laughs> but... You see that attractive person. in your mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see that attractive person, and you keep looking at them like, okay, they look nice. And then you see that person not so attractive, you like, ew. And then you look the other way. So it happens, you know? It's just, for day naps, it's just a lot more straightforward. Because I think in person, an ugly person can redeem themselves to some extent with some kind of personality or something that makes them very endearing. There is no chance of doing that on date naps unless you have like a picture of you with a dog in your profile. That's the only way you look like nice. <laughs> that, that's it. It doesn't matter what your bio says, nothing. Nobody reads bios. Do, do you have a picture with your dog? I don't have a dog, so <laughs> I can't use it. Maybe I should ask to use somebody's dog. You know, see if they yeah, can use your neighbor's dog or something. Yeah, see what happens. Take a nice little selfie with the dog. You know. Or a cat. Ben's a big cat guy. He, yeah. He is a cat. Mm, see, cats are nice, but like dogs are just more endearing. You know, like mm-hmm. people love the dogs. They're more they bondful do. for sure. There's, I think, yeah, I mean, it depends on the owner, but I think that uh, you know, because you can train dogs, and there kind of seems to usually be with dog owners and dogs a deeper bond. But any, anyways, back to relationships between. You don't want to talk about your cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, his baby. He's a he's a good kitty. <laughs> I'll just keep it at that. Yeah, date naps, uh, just, I wouldn't recommend anybody use one, okay? Like, they're just not good. Not in this area, for one, because it's kind of smaller. And maybe if you're in a big city, maybe. But on, like, small areas, you get a lot of, like, riffraff. You don't, you get the trash. You get the leftovers, okay? The people on date naps is, like, the worst. And I found this out, like, 80% of the people on date naps are actually dudes, so the other twenty percent of people. Whoa. Yeah, eighty percent of people on dating apps are men. Whoa. Yeah. That is insane. Wow, I didn't really 
realize there was such a big margin between the two. Yeah. Massive difference. I've went through like my sister and my friends like Tinder before and thousands of likes easily. Like so many guys. They can swipe on they can get like five or six like matches in a row. And then I can go days without getting a match. Like because there are like a massive difference between the amount of people on the apps. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Interesting I, considering that uh, if I'm not mistaken that you know women hold the majority of the actual just general population right but mm -hmm. then there's that large marginal difference that's quite interesting yeah i mean there's a lot of factors for it but yeah 80 percent i think it's yeah 70 80 percent of people on day naps are men typically 20 percent 20 30 percent are women and that skews the data on the apps a lot just because i mean if there's that many dudes and you're fighting for like a small amount of girls, it's like everybody's liking everybody. And then for the girls, you got so many likes. How do you even choose who to want you want to talk to? It's it's just not a good setup. You're not gonna win unless okay. I've had this thing happen to me before where I see somebody like I know or I've seen in person before, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna swipe on them because I know them or something. And that usually works out because you have some kind of previous experience with them, and they'll like message you and message you back and all that. But if it's like a stranger. You really don't have a chance, if I'm being honest here. You fighting against, like, a hundred other guys for one girl. It's insane. It's not a good look. And honestly, if you want to meet people, the best way is to, like, do some kind of activity. Not, uh, like, that includes the people you're interested in, you know, like. Or, um, like, if you're in school, join a club. Or talk to the people in class if you're in college or something like that. Because otherwise, man, you, you're going to have a tough time. Like, it's not easy to find people to relate to in that way. I still can't get over that statistic. Like, that is just wild. Um, I do think for dating, it's easier for women because the man, they are the ones that are supposed to start the relationship. We got to do, we got to do everything. I got to start the relationship. I got to pay for the first meal we probably go get. And then I got to impress you, too. Like, didn't I impress you enough with the first two things? Probably not. <laughs> like it's, there's a lot that goes into it. I think for girls, y like y'all can just sit and wait more. Like a girl can really be like, I'm just gonna sit and wait for a guy to come to me, and it probably will happen. Now, if I had that same mindset, I'm just gonna sit and wait for a girl to come to me. I might die alone. Like, <laughs> like I'm 22. If I sat here and was like, you know what, I'm done trying to approach girls, they're gonna come to me. You're gonna see me in 10 years sitting in that same spot, lonely. Okay, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> well. What What is your favorite and least favorite qualities about each other? I've already mentioned my least favorite quality is Ben's uh, spacing out, which that's just him. Like, I love that about him now, but uh, it gets annoying when I have to repeat myself six times sometimes. <laughs> but my favorite thing about him is how he's just so loving to not just me, but to everybody, and he just has the biggest heart. Ah. Mm. Uh. For Cicely, let's see. Least favorite. She does have a tendency at times to convince herself that she did something that I've, you know, pointed out over and over with the facts that you indeed did not do this task that we needed to get done. You can give an example. And uh, and or walk a, it, she can walk away when we start fighting at times and 
she's gotten better just as long as she said that uh, I got better at times where I would zone out while we're talking or be preoccupied on my phone. Um, we're all improving, and that's the part that, you know, that person is trying at the end of the day. Um, you know, after a certain long period of time, trying is no longer enough. Change does need to happen. And if you're trying and that change isn't happening after a long period of time, well, try harder. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of work and there are no, you know, there's not a rule book of what's allowed and what isn't allowed in a relationship. That's ultimately up to, to everyone. And that's, everyone has their own intellect. My favorite quality about Cicely is she is very personable. Um, she is very giving and generous to me. I, there's not a time that goes by where I feel that, you know, that, She's not thinking about me. I can't say that she's um, a, a, in the general personality a selfish person. You know, we all have our own little individual quirks that make us selfish or conceited at times, but she is truly selfless. Uh, I just think it's good to have friends who are in healthy relationships and be around that. It's it's great to see people who care about each other and willing to put in the effort to be with each other in some kind of way. And I think that's very valuable to see. So we all know how to engage in healthy relationships with one another, you know? And I definitely appreciate y'all for uh, being on, having been on a podcast, of course. And then I, I did put a sticker on my Instagram to ask me and Ben questions. And I did get one question. Um, it says, how does Ben feel knowing he's dating a celebrity <laughs> it's from sonya hey, it feels pretty <laughs> awesome all right that's a good place to end it uh thank you for listening to just life and uh good luck in the relationships if you're in one or if you're single just put in the effort and don't give up <laughs> <laughs>